Welcome to episode 79 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 79 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. My name is Gordon, and thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, So I have a lot to talk about today, but I'm going to compact the majority of that content into a pretty short episode, and I'm excited to get into it a little bit because it has a lot to do with what has been going on with me lately and my business, my brand that I've been working on. So... If you've been following the show at all, or if you've been following me at all, I have been talking a lot about a brand that I've been building for a while, uh, and I talk about it here sometimes, and the the brand name is Sobam Gear Company, and it is a premium athletic and fitness bag and apparel company. And recently, in the beginning of September 2017, um, just to give you some context, depending on when you're listening to this, in September 2017... We launched a Kickstarter campaign to get the first production run of our duffel bags up and into the market. And I talked a lot about this campaign going into it, leading up to the launch. And uh, we were, at the end of the day, unsuccessful at reaching our goal. Now, I'm going to break that down a little bit, but I want everybody to know, if you're listening to this, that... Being unsuccessful in a Kickstarter or any crowdfunding environment does not mean that your brand or your business or your company is not capable of being successful and it's not capable of achieving whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Um, I personally learned some very, very valuable lessons in this throughout this exercise of running this campaign and the people who are working on the campaign with me and uh, on the brand with me have also, as a result of going through this, learned a few things, not just about the brand, not just about the, uh, the, the, the market that that brand sort of caters to, but also the crowdfunding aspect and just how different crowdfunding is from market to market or or population to population. So this is obviously in the fitness realm. And so the crowdfunding group of, of people in that community behave differently than the crowdfunding supporters in, say, games or music or uh, techno- like technology, like, uh, you know, I don't know, apps or something like that. Uh, it's very different. And as such, the marketing is is different. And the way that the whole campaign is run is different from anything else. So so let's get into my campaign, uh, the Sobam Gear Company campaign. Uh, It started on September 13th with a $10,000 goal. And ultimately, at the end, uh, we canceled the campaign on the last day with 61 backers and a total pledge value of $5,309, which is about a 53% uh, 
um, almost 54%, I guess, or 53.1% <laughs> um, total funding. Now we had probably, I think we had like 12 hours left or, or 18 hours left or something like that when we actually canceled. And so that might have crept up closer to 60%. I think at one point it was at 60% and then dropped back down. Um, people continuously, if you're not familiar with Kickstarters or Indiegogo's or anything, people continuously throughout campaigns adjust their pledges. They increase them, they decrease them, they cancel them. Um, I had a couple people cancel them and then come back and then pledge higher values. And essentially, we got about halfway there. But it would have been a little bit higher. But that's not the point. So I, again, if you've been following the show at all, I've talked before about what I really need what we we really need to get the brand going the way we want, and that was more uh, more along the lines of about uh, it, it ranged uh, a, lo- a little bit just because of of shipping fees and import fees and taxes and everything. But we needed closer to about thirty thirty five thousand dollars to get what we really wanted um, in the beginning to get started. So. Uh, at the ten thousand dollar goal, that was that was strategically chosen to try and get funded a little bit earlier in the campaign, and the reason for that was to try and get some internal momentum on the Kickstarter platform. They, uh, the Kickstarter platform, will self promote campaigns that they think are doing very well, and one of the things that suggests to Kickstarter that your campaign is doing very well is if you get funded early and if you have a, lot, have a lot of traffic early. So we had a good amount of traffic earlier or what I am considering a good amount of traffic, uh, but we obviously weren't funded. So um, that $10,000 goal, I won't say it was arbitrarily chosen, but it wasn't, maybe it wasn't calculated well enough. So, and then ultimately we were thinking about halfway through the campaign and this was something that crossed our mind early as well, but we were thinking, okay, what happens if we do get funded and we get funded with like $11,000, you know, like just, just over the hundred percent, um, funding goal. That means that I'm now on the hook essentially for opening up production lines for our duffel bags in all the different color variations and some of the apparel that has to be custom ordered. And, at the end of the day, really, that's not enough money to do that. So we were willing to take that risk early. Uh, but at the same time, you know, looking back, it probably wasn't the best idea. And I'm actually a little relieved that we didn't get funded with the minimum funding goal. Because now I don't have to scramble to try and find the capital that I need to get all three of those production lines going. So moving forward, um, like I said, there was a lot of lessons learned. That was one of them. <laughs> uh, I'll go over the, the major lessons that I, that I took away from this here in a minute, but going forward, we are planning to relaunch and we're going to launch, uh, the first week of November, 2017. And when we relaunch, we're relaunching totally different. So instead of having, a funding goal that's floating out there with the option of buying a, a duffel bag, a Sobam Gear Company duffel bag in any color. Uh, 
we are now going to have funding tiers associated with unlocking new colors. So let me explain. Our funding goal is going to be a lot smaller. Our funding goal is going to be $6,000. And that $6,000 value will allow us to launch in one color. So we're going to launch in the color black because that has been the most popular to date. And then we are going to have a second tier, a second funding tier. Basically our stretch goal number one, if you've heard me talk about stretch goals or if you're familiar with those, our stretch goal number one is going to be $16,000, which is $10,000 over our minimum funding goal. If we reach $16,000, that will unlock the second color, which is going to be navy with the red trim because that's also extremely popular. And then a third funding tier will be, uh, which is our stretch goal number two, is going to be $10,000 beyond stretch goal number one. So that'll be $26,000. If we reach $26,000, that will unlock the third color, which is the hunter green, which is also very popular. A lot of people reach out and say that they love that, and they love the kind of like the dark, um, like camo-y type of appearance that it has. But anyway, so there's three funding goals, the main funding goal, and then two stretch goals. And I feel very confident that because we reached 53% of our total backing on the first campaign attempt in uh, several weeks, that we can actually have all of those backers come back and um, reach that $6,000 goal within a day or two. I feel very confident in that. And then if we do that, I am hopeful that the Kickstarter community, uh, essentially the people running it, the Kickstarter the Kickstarter fairies, <laughs> um, cycle the Sobam Gear Company campaign into the self-promoting queue and, and kind of push that out there. And because it's already funded, that draws a different type of community. It draws a different type of person because now if we're funded, that means if you go in and you back one of the the pledges and you pledge towards something, you are guaranteed to get that item now. It's no, it's no longer a what if. It's now a, okay, that brand has been funded, which means people are supporting them, which means they actually have something worthwhile. And it also means that whatever I pledge for, I'm actually going to get. So... Uh, so that, that's really exciting. So I feel like we might actually do substantially better having a lower funding goal and reaching that funding goal very early on. Um, so my my hope is that we reach all three funding tiers. So that would put us at about twenty three. I'm sorry, twenty six thousand dollars. However, if we reach our minimum funding goal of six thousand, that will actually be a comfortable amount to launch with because we're only going to be launching one color if, if that's the case. So uh, major lesson learned there is being creative with your pricing and being creative with essentially the inclusion of, of stretch goals, but in a way that makes sense. I mean, stretch goals themselves are interesting and they're kind of cool. And when I go on campaigns and I look and I see all these stretch goals, you know, it's, it's interesting. They usually add a small feature to the product if you reach some, some stretch goal. Um, but unlocking a new color, a new finish or something, I don't see that a lot. I think it's kind of cool. Um, I did not come up with that on my own, but it was inspired by another campaign that I have seen in the past. So I thought that was kind of cool. And, you know, in the past, 
getting back to the funding part of this, in the past I had said uh, that I need 500 people to donate, or not donate, donate's the wrong word. Never use the term donate in crowdfunding. Uh, I had need, I, in the past I had said I need 500 people to pledge um, the early bird pricing. And at the time I thought it was going to be like five, uh, $50 or something. So 500 people times about $50 a piece. It was going to be about $25,000, which is right around that $26,000 stretch goal that I keep talking about. And my thought was back in the day that if I had 500 people show up and pledge $50 that a, that wouldn't be very difficult to achieve. And B, I would have enough money to launch all three colors and, we could get production going and everybody would be happy. Um, obviously, I did not have 500 people backing on the campaign. So this kind of brings me to my first major lesson learned <laughs> is that even though I had the audience size in, in terms of emails on my email list, uh, that does not translate 100% over to Kickstarter backers. And there's a whole number of reasons. I mean, people who aren't on Kickstarter now, they don't necessarily want to go onto Kickstarter and use Kickstarter's internal payment processing um, service. You know, a lot of people like to pay with like stuff like PayPal or, or you know, they like to, I don't know, Apple Pay. They like to use other things. But Kickstarter, you have to go in and you have to give them your credit card number and you have to pay internal to Kickstarter. So... A lot of people don't like to do that. Um, I've had, I actually had someone come up to me and say, man, I really wanted to back your campaign, but literally my wallet was downstairs and I was upstairs on my laptop looking at this and I didn't feel like getting up to go get my wallet. So I'm sorry, man. And that was kind of funny because you know how simple that could have been, right? It's someone could have, they could have got up, walked downstairs, picked it up and done it. It would have taken like an extra minute, but that's how people are. People don't really want to go through the trouble sometimes. So back to my point, even though I had a substantially large, well, I consider a substantially large email list of about 1400 people, uh, only at the end of the day, only 61 backers pledged to the campaign, 61 out of, uh, 1400 or so. So, and, and that's not, that's not all on them. You know, some of that's on me. So I didn't, I didn't market appropriately. Maybe I didn't communicate to them appropriately. There's a lot of things that I could have done differently. A lot of things that I learned along the way. And part of that ties into my, uh, well, let me just break this down. So my first lesson learned here, uh, as far as like major lessons learned is audience size is not everything, right? So audience size in this case was 1400. I had 61 backers. Um, and I learned that size isn't everything. Now size, the audience size here was made up mostly of Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And there are some friends and family sprinkled in there, but really not that many. And, um, at the end of the day, you know, just cause you have the audience doesn't mean they're all going to come. So, uh, I, I guess the right way to say it is quality over quantity and quality of audience members or quality, uh, quality of, of your following is better than the quantity. Uh, because just be, you know, if you're on someone, someone's email list, are you necessarily going to go to bat for them? You know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, so 
you know, that's, that's my late major lesson learned. And I'm glad I experienced it because up till now I wasn't, I, I don't know. I wasn't really a believer in having a hundred or 200 really dedicated audience members is better than having a thousand or 1400, you know, I'll just say like, you know, not <laughs> devoted or not dedicated audience members. So audience size is not everything. And then my second most like biggest lesson learned here is that audience engagement is super important. So, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook a little bit. Um, the engagement that happens on there is by the people who end up backing the campaign and people who reach out and people who are involved. So, um, you know, we don't, I, I, up until now, I didn't value the audience engagement enough. I would still engage with the audience. I would talk to the audience. Um, if you are someone who's been on my Instagram page and has reached out to the brand or reached out to me personally, I have reached out to everybody, um, who's reached out, but I, I don't, I don't know if I've done enough. You know, I don't feel like I've done enough and, and people may actually argue that I have, but I feel like I could have engaged a little bit more. So, you know, I, I do appreciate and value everybody who has, who has shown any amount of support for the brand and any amount of support for this campaign. And I think that I haven't demonstrated just how appreciative I am by engaging more often. And, and that's the bottom line. So that's a major lesson learned for me. And, you know, I've had people tell me that that isn't really a lesson that I need to, to put up in that major category. You know, maybe it's just like something to be aware of, but, uh, the truth is I consider it a lesson learned and it's something that I'm glad I went through and moving forward. Uh, that is something that I plan to do totally differently, totally different. Um, so my third major lesson learned here throughout this campaign is the funding activity within Kickstarter and the importance of it. So I, I already talked about this a little bit, but I just want to reiterate it. The funding activity that takes place on the front end of a Kickstarter campaign is extremely important. And that doesn't mean just dollars. That means the amount of backers that float through your campaign and actually support it. So if you have a hundred people that are supporting it for five bucks versus one person who comes in and drops, you know, $500, um, those do not have the same effect. The one who gets the most backers and starts to build that little community is the one who's going to get more traction. And it's incredibly true. Uh, <laughs> it's incredibly true. So, you know, I noticed that you know, we had like 34 or 35 backers in the first 24 hours, and that kept us pretty high in the rankings for the design category. But as soon as the first week went by or so, and our backer count went down, meaning backers per day, our campaign started to drop quickly in the rankings. And it, it, all, it, it appears that Kickstarter's campaign ranking uh, algorithm or whatever it is has that as part of the main component. It has the, the the traffic as part of the main one of the main components. So the funding activity 
was a major lesson learned or a lesson realized uh, that I have taken away and that it's, it's at the forefront of my mind now going forward, just how important it is to have that right out of the gate. And then my last major takeaway here is, and, and this applies in everything really, but I, I don't think I appreciated enough the importance of it in this situation. And that is, uh, being creative. And what I mean by that is, not just the way your page is laid out and being creative in your marketing approach or whatever, um, and not just being creative in your funding structure and tiers and pledge levels, although that is extremely important. Um, some people would argue that that's the most important, but also just being creative in your approach outside of that. So being creative in um, how you outreach, right? And how you communicate your message and how you communicate your brand purpose and how you communicate your need to get this campaign funded so that you can get your company up and running. Um, I wasn't creative enough until I realized that I wasn't being creative enough. In other words, out of the gate, it was just email blasts to my audience, Facebook blasts, Instagram blasts, pretty basic stuff. But then a little ways in, I realized, oh, you know, this would be a great opportunity to jump on somebody else's podcast and talk about it or to jump on somebody else's YouTube as like a Google Hangout, you know, filmed, uh, recorded and posted uh, type of thing um, or to be interviewed on someone's blog or something like that. There wasn't enough, I guess, PR type and influencer type outreach by me. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't creative enough. So. Uh, you know, being creative is obviously, like I said a few minutes ago, one of the most important things in like every aspect of life. But when it came to this, I didn't appreciate it enough. And that's one of my major lessons learned. That might even be the most important lesson learned. So uh, just to reiterate those four major lessons that I learned going through this for the first time uh, is that audience size is not everything. Audience engagement is everything when it comes to audience uh, and, and communication. Uh, funding activity and its importance and how it plays into the Kickstarter ranking system. And then the creativity component to running a Kickstarter campaign is crucially important for getting traction, visibility, and I guess, for lack of a better term, eyeballs on your stuff. So, uh, so that, those are my four major lessons learned. Now, I said earlier that when campaigns fail, that doesn't necessarily mean anything about the company and what it's capable of and whether or not it'll be successful down the road. All that means in most cases, or I shouldn't even say most cases, in some cases, uh, all that means is that you know your campaign may not have been marketed well, it may not have showed up at uh, in front of the right audience. It may not have been marketed at the right time of year. There's a whole number of reasons, but I know that my product, the Sobam Gear Company Duffel Bag, is a premium quality product and that there is a market for it and that I did not do a good enough job with the campaign. So that's, you know, that's on me. That's on my team. But I'm not going to let that get in the way. So you know, there's a handful of stories of people launching campaigns, 
failing to be successful in the funding and then relaunching later on and being multiple times over their funding goal. That happens actually quite often. It's, it's interesting. And again, the reasons that those things have, have happened and those companies have come back and become successful is because of the variables that I listed earlier, like time of year, audience outreach, maybe the pitch, maybe the video, maybe the funding structure, um, any number of reasons, any combination of any of those. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to respin this campaign. We're going to launch it here in a couple of weeks and we are going to be successful. It's uh, something that I've feel very confident in now and and I'm actually looking forward to getting production up and running here in the late fall uh, after this campaign so uh, with that I'm gonna wrap this up uh, again if you have been involved in this campaign at all ever and since day one whether you pledged or not uh, whether you shared the message whether you even listened to me talk about it I appreciate it I appreciate you and thank you so much for listening for now I'm gonna wrap up this episode And I will see you guys in episode 80. Take care.